0: How can you put on the full armor of God? I mean, let's just go through it. We have the helmet of salvation. We have the breastplate of righteousness. We have the belt of truth. You have the shoes shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You have the shield of faith. And then you have the sword of the spirits.
1: Welcome to After Hours with Dr. Sigalov, where he can share ideas and thoughts with you. He gets to the heart of the issue so that you can find the truth. The views and opinions expressed are his and do not represent the U.S. Army, DOD, nor the U.S. government. Dr. Sigalov was either off duty or on approved leave, and Dr. Sigalov was not in uniform at the time of recording. Now to Dr. Sigalov. Thanks for joining us again. I want to first start off by thanking all of the Patreon supporters. Y'all have been amazing. I truly appreciate the gift that y'all are giving me to help help me bring you more material. And I, as I as I do this more and more i'm trying to get early or get the the episodes to you early i've already published an episode for early for the patreon supporters we have shell we have sam and angela shelke we have linda perry ty katie kevin joe pat and bev pj rebecca amanda jay and spets nasty thank you so much for for being willing to give your hard-earned money to me to help me bring you a content and to help me you know fight this this battle against the unseen realm and support my family during this time today we have a very special guest we have chad now chad is a he's a chaplain in the military and if i'm not mistaken he's part of the the chaplain lawsuit that was that was happening and i don't know the details of that perhaps he can give us a little more insight onto where that is in the process. But Chad, great to have you here.
0: I really appreciate that, Dr. Sigalov. And I know you prefer, Sam, it's just sometimes... When you're talking to someone and they hold a certain, really, they just demand a certain respect. So if I call you Sam, or if I call you Dr. Sigalov, know that it is with utmost respect because I really appreciate your service. I appreciate what you've done to this community, how you've put out information out there that has really helped soldiers and their family members go through this hard time that we've been going through.
1: Well, thank you, sir. I, I don't deserve the credit God does, and that's why I just like to be called Sam, but I understand if if it happens here and there. All
0: right, so I know today you wanted to talk about spiritual warfare. And I don't want to I don't want to talk to your viewers and be like, Well, I'm a chaplain in the army. Therefore, I have the cutting edge on this thing we call spiritual warfare. I am not the end all be all with spiritual warfare. I'm very young, like I'm a young 43 year old man who loves Jesus with all of his heart, mind and soul. And I do my best to love him love humanity and and be a warrior for Christ the kind of warrior that will honor our creation his creation that will honor our god and will stand up for the the specific beliefs that we hold near and dear to our hearts okay so i want to ask you a question sam when you talk when yes sir when somebody says spiritual warfare is there something that an image that pops into your mind that you're like, you know what, this is what spiritual warfare looks like. Or has there been a time in your life where you think that you were involved in spiritual warfare?
1: I think if we know what spiritual warfare is, I think we can see it in every aspect of every bit of our life. Just something as simple as that, that idea of, I'm going to say something that I, or I've already said something that I didn't know that I said. you know, like, let's say I say something more harsh than I should. Well, that's, that's that unseen realm whispering in my ear, telling me, just say it like this, be, be careless how you say things and don't worry about it. But what that does is that cause conflict. And it's that unseen thing around us that whispers in man's ear, woman's ear, and tells us to, to not be as gentle as we could, to not be as loving as we could. You know, I mean, there's, I mentioned earlier, and i won 't get into all the details, but there 's certainly been a time in my life where I walked into a room and I felt a dark presence around me and it was It was a terrifying event and it 's like i can 't describe it i don 't know how to describe it. If any of the listeners have have been there, then you know precisely what i 'm talking about and i 'm not someone who 's you know who 's feeling and and doing all that kind of stuff often, but it was such a heavy burden when you walk into that space you could feel. You'd feel the battle waging around you, but there's other times where it's much, much, much more subtle than that.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. And and you know what? When I when I talk about spiritual warfare, there's a preconceived idea I have that always comes to my mind, and it's me in a dark room, and I'm getting really passionate, like, Lord, man, we're gonna come against the enemy and we're gonna cast out some demons and we're gonna we're gonna see your kingdom come and I get all amped up and pumped up. And then I could bring it back down, and then I'm like, okay, that's what spiritual warfare is all about. And how wrong, as, as, a young, as a young teenager, I'd have these preconceived ideas. And I'll tell you what, they were so messed up. Like, they were honest. They were genuine. But they were so far. Like, is that, is that spiritual warfare? Yes, but that's to the extreme. That's to, like, to the end of the spectrum. And is there a place for casting out demons, which are real? Absolutely, is there a place to let your emotions, let them be bare before God, our Creator? Absolutely, but that's not the extreme. That's not the case of spiritual warfare. And you know what? You said something that the unseen realm, that little whisper—I would call that whisper of the Holy Spirit. Just for your your, I don't know where this conversation is going to go, so let's just get this out of the out of the way. That these opinions and views are mine and mine alone, and and. They probably do not represent any of what the DoD stands for. So, if we go into like the spiritual warfare we've been dealing with, with the whole COVID vaccines and, and and all of that, know that these are my opinions and my opinions alone. So that that's that's squared away and fair enough. So, this thing called spiritual warfare, you said it was subtle, and I cannot agree more with you on that point. It, it is so subtle that people don't even understand that they conduct spiritual warfare every single day. And I would say every hour of their life. And if you have children, every minute of your life. And if you have grandchildren, I'm telling you, like there there are levels of spiritual warfare that everybody has the ability to fight or retreat from. So now that we've established, well, we haven't really established anything about what spiritual warfare is because right now we're just talking about prayer and doing getting passionate before the Lord in a dark room. Got it. So I want to break it down as simple as possible. So when I ask you the question, what the uniform of the day is, what would your answer be? was well, the full armor of God? Amen. So to our, to the listeners out there, How can you put on the full armor of God? I mean, let's just go through it. We have the helmet of salvation. We have the breastplate of righteousness. We have the belt of truth. We can talk a lot about that because apparently a lot of government agencies needs to put on the belt of truth. You have the shoes shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You have the shield of faith. And then you have the sword of the spirits. Am I missing
1: any? No, I think that's good. I love how they describe each thing and what they compare it to. And I love those comparisons.
0: Yes, absolutely. So how can your viewers put on the helmet of salvation? Like if, if the duty uniform of the day is the full armor of God, then how every morning when I wake up, how do I put on the helmet of salvation? Like how would you put on the helmet of salvation?
1: I think we first have to figure out what salvation is. And I, I believe it's that relationship with Jesus that allows us to have the relationship with God. That is not just fire insurance, but it's, it's a better life right now. It's forgiveness right now. It's community with God and with our neighbor.
0: Amen. It's God's will in heaven on earth through us. It's us being an ambassador. Now I agree that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead— you will be saved. That's what I believe. So, when I wake up in the morning, I really don't doubt my salvation anymore. Like, when I was a new Christian, I might have doubted it, but I was so young when I became—when I gave my heart to to Jesus. I was so young that I don't ever doubt— I don't ever remember a time that I doubted my Christianity, that I don't ever doubt that I am saved from eternal separation from God and and it is more than just fire insurance like you just said and i'm very grateful for that but it's a right relationship with the king of kings and the lord of lords it's a right relationship that brings absolute joy and peace and it may not save you from hard times but when the hard times get there because everyone everyone goes through hard times but when you do go through hard times it's that joy like wow I'm not happy about what I'm going through. Like, I'm not happy. I went through the past two, three years of what we've been through. I'm not happy with that at all. However, the joy has been consistent. The peace has been consistent. And that's what our Lord says. That's what our, our Lord brings to our lives, to our arena, as you will. Because as, as we battle at our various arenas, like, we we battle with different enemies. Like, who knows what enemy is going to be entering my arena this week? I don't know. Next year? I don't know. But I do know this, that through Christ Jesus, our Lord, we are more than overcomers. We are more than conquerors. And that, that brings so much help. So the helmet of salvation, if you are struggling out there with your salvation, you need to get into the Word of God and be reminded That you know it's not of your works your works did nothing my works did nothing they are absolute garbage like even on the greatest day when i can do when i can go through 24-hour period and not sin at all and i'm like wow i did so great that is so filthy because something was tainted maybe with selfishness maybe with a inflection of my voice that hurt someone's feelings or was a little bit too harsh on my children
1: the armor of God, the helmet of salvation. I think one thing that's important with the helmet of salvation too is, let's say you were one of those people that were tricked and you did get the shot. There's forgiveness. There is salvation. And it's at the, the foot of the cross. And you can be forgiven. You may still have natural consequences, but you can have that relationship with Christ restored. And I think that's really important to focus on you know what forgiveness is beautiful
0: and we need it all the time and the closer you the closer you get with god you realize the more forgiveness you need it's kind of like that whole that what is that one saying people have the more you know the more you realize you don't know the closer you are to god the more forgiveness you need because you There was a time where I could raise my voice to my children and be like, yeah, I'm totally fine with that. They're boys. They need to know that I'm very disappointed with them. And if I raise my voice to them because they're doing something wrong and they need, but that's not me anymore. (laughs) And I can just calm down a little bit. Then after I do, because I still, every once in a while, they'll do something. and I'm like, they're teenagers and the testosterone levels are just going crazy. And yet, I raised my voice. And after it, I'm like, boys, I'm sorry I raised my voice. And I'm like, Lord, help me, help me not to do that. Help me just communicate with them. And and there is salvation and there is forgiveness, there is redemption. And it's all because of the blood of Jesus Christ that was spilt on Calvary. Calvary. So, the breastplate of righteousness, not too many people know about this whole breastplate of righteousness. And I can tell you what, I'm i am still working through it because I, I do my best in the flesh to have my own righteousness. Still, to this day, I'm like, Lord, nothing I, I am not righteous. There is no one righteous. No, not one. And that breastplate of righteousness that the self wants to build, wants to say, no, I got this, I'm going to do good today. And then the Holy Spirit says, remember, you can't do nothing without me. And it is not your righteousness that you're wearing. It's my righteousness. It's the righteousness of Jesus. And once that finally clicked, and it still clicks, and I needed to click even more, that's the breastplate of righteousness. And your breastplate, if you're going into war, what does a breastplate cover, right? covers... Yeah. I mean it covers every like your lungs. I mean it covers everything, everything vital. So that righteousness that Jesus provides to you, it is vital to your survival. You can protect your head all day long. And and you need to with a helmet of salvation. But if you don't have that breastplate of righteousness, if you don't find your identity in Jesus Christ. If you find your identity in your rank or your job or your title or your whatever, then you are not going to be an effective warrior because your your breastplate of righteousness is weak. so we need to move on to the belt of truth. I tell you what the the belt of truth has been near and dear to my to I say to my heart and got it I got it well, how does your belt go over your heart chaplain booth? the belt of truth caused me to stand up from my beliefs because when i asked jesus and i was in my prayer closet lord do you want me to take these vaccines and the answer was a resounding no like it was the truth that's what jesus told that's what he said that's the truth so i'm gonna stand up for the truth and i I look around and i see all these whistleblowers standing up for the truth like whoa and i see other people trying to take the truth and twist the words and you can see that they're twisting words making words that should or could to will That, that that's a little bit different so standing up with the belt of truth Good grief! I, re- I really wish that the CDC would have the more belt of the belt of truth. Quite
1: honestly, I really wish that the military would use their belt of truth more. What I think is interesting about this too, and I, this kind of just popped in my head, is I'm sure many of the listeners have gone to the gym before and put a weightlifting belt around them and gone to lift up weight. And I, and if you just follow me, I think I can make these connect here. That standing up for truth is is strengthening the back, the backbone, the spine, if you will. Just like, I listened to this rabbi, and he said that when Noah entered the ark, it says that he entered the ark on the bone of the day. And what that means is that he, with his spine straight and erect and strong, he entered the ark. And in a similar manner, that belt, what does it do when you're lifting weights? It's not just a little thin little belt that holds your pants up. It, it holds you in. It helps you get that, per, that personal best record. And it helps hold you together. The truth holds you together. If you don't have the truth, you just fall apart. And it's not your truth. It's the truth. And it's a big distinction there. Amen. Right
0: on. It's the truth. There is such thing as absolute truth. And when people say there's no such thing as absolute truth, my question is, are you absolutely certain about that? Because you kind of just proved my point there, buddy. Like there is such thing as absolute truth. When people say well it's uh, you can't say it's wrong to covet my like, guess I can it's wrong to covet well I can just I can covet anything I want well what happens when somebody covets what you have and takes what you have? Well then that's wrong well then you just admitted that you believe in absolute truth well it's not absolute because it it I I can do what I as I please with other people it's them they can't violate my my conscience or rule of law or anything like that like come on now. There is such a thing as absolute truth and the belts of truth. You're absolutely right, it keeps in our loins. I was trying to get too graphic, but you're right, it keeps in, it, it, it keeps your gut solid. It lets you have a backbone. And as a former NCO of nine years, I know what it's like to be the backbone of the army to be loyal to those with whom I serve seniors, peers, and subordinates alike. You know what I mean? All soldiers are out are entitled to outstanding leadership. I'll provide that leadership, amen. And it was, that, it was that belt of truth. It was that taking my oaths seriously that helped me stand up to put on the belt of truth, to put on the full armor of God and to exercise what I know God told me to do. Yeah. Now, you know what, something that is very, very hard is the next armor of God. The shoes shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. When I when I was outside of the military, I was a children's pastor for several years. And wait a second.
1: You went, were a drill she, sergeant. Went to, yeah, go ahead. A, you were a drill sergeant oh, and the, a children's pastor.
0: No, 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 no. I I was just a sergeant. Okay. Yeah, I okay, wasn't sorry. a drill sergeant. Sorry. I'm oh no. <laughs> I don't want down that trail ever. <laughs> I've had friends go down that trail, but that would be very fun. If I was a drill sergeant, I would have I would definitely have fun with it. But yeah, when I was outside, I was a children's pastor, and one Sunday I was like, okay, we're gonna teach the children how to share their faith, because that's really important for us to do. Whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, it's it's unique how you share your faith. And and I'm not calling for like my wife who's a complete introvert, has introvert tendencies. She She has a very hard time getting out there, standing in front of people, saying, hey, let me tell you about the good news today. No, that's not her style. That's my style. But it's important for her to spread the gospel within her arena, within her sphere of influence. So when you prepare your feet, I think when you go for a run, like you're going places, you're moving, you're taking a step outside of what you're comfortable in and you're taking that step into something that could you could be rejected you could be like pushed aside i don't want to hear about that jesus stuff and then they have every right to do that but it's our responsibility as christians if we're putting on the full armor of god then we have to put on the preparation of the gospel of peace and how can people do that if they don't know their own salvation How can people do that if they don't understand what their righteousness comes from or their belt of truth or we will get to the shield of faith and sword of the Spirit? How can they put on the shoes of peace to spread the gospel if they don't have an understanding of how Jesus, how God like provided this to them? How can they share the good news if they don't understand it? So it's important. So I'll get back to my little story about the children's church. Told them, hey, listen, you believe, you confess to your mouth, and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Nancy, you got to tell people about Jesus. So, but this specific lesson was really, hey, you got to tell people about Jesus. So the 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 music pastor's son, they went out to a Mexican restaurant after church, and he's like, to the I was not there. He told me the following Sunday. He said, I, we went to a Mexican restaurant, and the, the waiter came up, and I said, do you know Jesus? And he said, no. And I said, okay. <laughs> and it broke my heart, because he had no idea what to say after that. But I was so proud of him for saying, do you know Jesus? I was like, okay, today's sermon is next. We're going to talk about what, how how? What, what do we talk about? What do we talk about with our situation? How did Jesus rescue you from your sins? How did Jesus bring peace to your life? So we spoke about that. And then guess what? The, the very next week he came back, I told that waiter about Jesus. Did he accept? I don't think he did accept. I'm not too sure. I forget that part. But I, I don't know whether he accepted or not. But I know this. That young man knows how to speak how to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, and how many of us don't know how to do that? Like, As a children's pastor, you would think you need to tell people about Jesus. Okay, let's teach them how right then and there, and I didn't even think to do that. So I'm wondering if the, if the listeners, do they even know how to talk about what Jesus did for them? Like, when, has, there been a, has there been a time in your life where you're like, listen, I need to tell people about Jesus.
1: how did that make you feel well and and some listeners may not be that that verbose and <laughs> that that's okay. There's different ways to spread the good news the The way I tried to to live is a little more subtle but always being that person that that has something different. Am I always reaching that goal? No, I'm not always reaching that goal. But I try to be the person that looks different than the rest of the world, to set myself apart from the rest of the world, just as God had the Jews set apart. That's why they had the kosher laws. So they would be different. So they would know they're different. So that people uh-huh. go, I wonder what they got. I I want that. And and then when the opportunity arises, my feet are, are shod with, with the peace. And so I'm able to move quickly, agilely. I'm able to, if I come across something that i'm not expecting i god gives me the peace and allows me to keep moving mhm
0: you're exactly right so having an understanding of hey when people ask me hey what's different about you how could you go through the past couple of years thinking you're going to get kicked out of the army thinking that you're going to get punished thinking that you're going to get a go more thinking that whatever whatever you're your the listeners are going through you put in your trial you put in your heartache so how can you take that and say well this is how god brought me peace this is how i got through it being prepared for that close friend who already knows you for like the the introverts to hey i'm not going to go out to strangers but when my introvert friends come to me i can let them know hey this is what god has done for us like quite literally, when we had to move out of the house, God literally provided a place for me to stay for a month. God opened up my parents' house for my family to go move in with them. And then God supplied this house that we're in right now so we can be a family. God did that. And when I share that, and this is why service to God, service to Jesus, is so important because He is going to be there for you. During that hard time where we were separated and she was in the Carolinas and I was here, like it was hard. But I tell you what, the peace
1: of God passes all understanding. That that kind of reminds me of this story that I heard some pastors say, not too long ago actually, and it was this lady who was a Bible believer and she, you know, she was poor. She didn't have much money and she'd open, her, you know, she'd pray by her window every night and she'd pray, God, please give me the money to buy food or please give me food. And every day she'd be praying this. And I'm sure many of the listeners have heard this before. I'm sure this is an old story. And she's praying and praying. And then one day, all this food is just at her front door. And as she's getting it and pulling it in, and she's just thanking God, the neighbor comes by and says, I heard you praying. And I knew God wouldn't provide for you. So, because he's an atheist, he's self-professed atheist. And he said, God wouldn't do this. So I went to the store and I did it. And she's like, yeah, God worked right through you. Boom. You know you don't have to be following god to have god work through you to have those things that you do you know work for the kingdom of god work for those who love him amen
0: yes but hopefully those people hopefully that atheist don't know if the story is true or not but hopefully if something happens like that they can actually see oh yeah that kind of makes sense and they have an opportunity to yeah but they have an opportunity to give their heart to the king of all kings or they have an opportunity to harden their heart and to just continue on their life as if there's no god like that's their right they get to do that you know the the shield of faith do you know anything about like the the uh, when the shield of faith faith was talked about in scripture there's an image of a gigantic shield not like this little Pansy shield that just covers a little bit of. we're talking about a six foot shield covered with wet leather to extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy and it's it's heavy like this shield of faith is not light at all it's very heavy and you got to clunk, clunk it into the ground and you keep moving And as you keep moving forward you got to pick that up and keep moving forward and and all the time it is faith that is what shielding you from the fiery darts of the enemy but how many times do we say ah this faith thing is just too hard i just don't leave it to the side just a minute like has there been a time in your life where you've done that and what was the outcome
1: yeah it wasn't it wouldn't be good i'll tell you that and it I think it says a lot about the enemy too and his darts. They're not just arrows, but they're, they're flaming darts. They're things meant to get you hot, to light you on fire, to get that passion of anger going. But yet you have this giant shield that that's heavy. It's a heavy mantle to carry with you, but it just puts them out and stops them and it puts them out and it stops them. And people see you putting them out and stopping them and keep moving forward. Amen. Yes. And I
0: don't want to be very careful with this because Faith is just not blind ignorance. Like, so many people, several of the atheists I've spoken to say, well, I just, I can't, I don't do the whole blind ignorance thing. To which I respond, I, I don't either. There was a book published by Frank Turk and Norman Geisler called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. And I absolutely love that book. It, it goes about, it, it, it doesn't talk bad about anyone. It just simply says, the atheist, they have more faith than Christians, because from where they go, they believe that nothing created something. Well, that gap requires a lot of faith. That gap requires a lot of, well, I really don't know. I just believe it. But the gap from, I believe in God, and he literally created everything, that doesn't require too much faith. Like when I... When I go and I show my phone, did that phone spontaneously come about out of nothing? Everyone would be like, no, you're crazy to believe that. So the human body, and you know this as a doctor, the human body puts this to shame. Like the fact that we have a special knee, the fact that we have a crazy intense eye, the fact that we're able to grow and defeat viruses naturally, the the fact all of this stuff that God gave us, like, that's that's it. And we haven't even started talking about, like, outside, trees and the ecosystem and the food chain and all of that. So all of it just miraculously happened at the right. No,
1: Jesus set it up. He did it. So this shield of faith that we carry, go ahead. Yeah, one thing about that is— when when you look at biology, and this is just a quick aside for the biology and people who may think that evolution is a thing and that it works, it, it doesn't, it can't, because basic dogma biology is all cells come from other living cells, but they claim that plants came first. Plants are immensely more complex than any animal cell because they take the light of the sun and they convert it into sugar, and there's nothing else on the face of the earth that can do that. And if you didn't have plants come first, you would not be able to have any life, because all animals that eat other animals eventually, that goes back to a chain that starts with an animal eating a plant.
0: Yeah. And and God did this. So when we talk about putting on the full armor of God, and using the shield of faith, know that you have all the evidence, all the evidence on your side. The fact that there is a creation points to there is a creator. And if, you're, if you subscribe to the whole cause and effect, I got it. I, I completely understand cause and effect. The, what was the cause? But even at the end of the day, there has to be an uncaused cause that is not bound to the rules of cause and effect. There has to be something outside of space, time, everything who can say, you know what? We're going to start the first domino. That was the first uncaused cause. And logically speaking, that's sound. So when we put on the shield of faith, when we carry the shield of faith, know that it is a heavy burden. But Jesus is right there. He's the one that if you believe in him, his burden is light. His burden is easy. He will help you bear that load. He will help you move that shield so you can... Extinguish how the enemy is coming after you today. And before we get to this, the, the, the sword of the spirits, talking about warfare, it doesn't happen. It, it happens many places. But I want the listener to understand, it happens everywhere. It happens when you wake up and you decide, I'm going to be on time for work today. It happens when you're on the highway and you're driving down the road and somebody cuts you off and you have an opportunity to get a little bit angry, to get a little bit, oh, I'm going to road rage. I'm probably going to do godly road rage. No, no, I ain't going to do that because it's not a thing. So spiritual warfare happens because when God tests us. Well, sorry, when we are presented with challenges, we have an opportunity to grow, to stay stagnant, or to regress. And and every time we choose to grow, every time we choose to say, I'm going to act like Jesus today, then that opens up our arena where we fight. Because our spiritual warfare, This this is my arena right here. This house is my arena. This is where I fight. When when I'm in the when I'm at work, my arena where I fight is my battalion. I don't fight in, in the at the division level. I don't I don't fight at the commanding general level or or the 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 various level the DoD level. I don't fight at those levels. There's other peoples that that is their arena, and God has equipped them to fight in that arena. And and I want to encourage your listeners. You got to make sure you fight in your arena. Because if you step out of your of your arena and you fight in somebody else's arena, you're going to get stomped because that's not your fight. You you need to be very astute, you need to be very sensitive. Lord, where do you want me to fight? Where do you want me to put your influence into? Where do you want how can I further your kingdom? How can I represent you well? Where do you want me to, to do the spiritual warfare thing and let him speak to you and be very careful because you don't want to step out of your arena.
1: But does that make sense? I think one thing that kind of goes along with that kind of echoing that same idea is, you know, everyone wants to, well, maybe not everyone, but a few people I know, you know, including myself, I want to, I want to be brave and pray, Lord, send me, you know, I, I want to be that person, but be ready for that, that challenge that comes with, the boldness that says, Lord, send me, have your feet ready to move your hands, ready to work. And all that comes from studying the word, knowing how God works. You know, every time you hear a voice in your head, challenge it, say, okay, does this fit with what God teaches? Is this how he typically talks? Okay. Does it? Okay. Now, is it something that would be good in this situation for me to do? Okay. And let's say it doesn't fit one of those then it's probably not God that you're hearing that voice from, whether it be an actual voice, because some people do hear a booming voice or a whisper, an actual whisper. And some people just have something that they know just deep down inside them that this is God telling them to do this. But but you you test it. And I'm not saying test God. I'm saying test the words that you're hearing against how God typically works. Is this something that would help bring more freedom to, to humans, more more like the garden, or is it going to bring more destruction and death? And if it's going to bring more destruction and death and it doesn't align with what God typically says, then have good discernment because that's probably not from the Lord.
0: Yeah, right on. If, if the listeners out there have never heard the voice of God and you are saved and you believe in Jesus Christ, I want to challenge you tonight. Like it has to be tonight. Don't wait another day. When you go to bed, close your eyes because everyone knows this is the magic. And once you do this and close your eyes, then it's automatic prayer, right? No. But before you go to bed tonight, you need to challenge your Heavenly Father. Father, I don't know your voice. You said, because the scripture says, my sheep know my voice. So I know the voice of God. I know how to challenge it. I know how to. Make sure, hey, is, did I, is, this, is this something that is just me? Am I just being a rebel? Am I this? And I know how to challenge. Because in the same time, there was, a, there was a situation in Bible college. Actually, I was driving back from my girlfriend's house. Good old Brenda. Gosh, I love her. So I was driving back from West Virginia, and I saw this hitchhiker on the side of the road. And the Holy Spirit said, pick him up. And I was like, nope, I'm getting back to college. So I passed him <laughs> and a couple of miles down the road, you better go back and pick him up. Nope. It's too late. And then the Holy Spirit really caught my attention. And he said, you're going to regret it. If you don't turn around and pick him up and the heaviness that was put on my heart right then and there, I will never forget it. So what did I do? Got off the exit, drove all the way back. It might've been like five miles. And then once I saw him, I was like, okay, there he is. And it took several more miles to get to an exit to turn back around. And I picked this, this gentleman up, and we spoke about the goodness of God for almost two hours. It was phenomenal. And I thought I was doing him a favor. How arrogant. Like, I, God was doing me a favor. And so it's situations like that. It's situations like at 2007, July 4th, 2007, I was jobless. I was. I knew God had something different for me. I was moving out of the children's pastor role to I don't know what. I built trucks for Freightliner, and I did the children's pastor thing on the side. Anyway, so July 4th, 2007, I went and I was like, "Hey, we're at the celebration celebrating my birthday." And I go over, and there's a recruiter tent. I'm like, honey, I'll be back. I'm going to go get my free Frisbee. I'll be back. Give me some free stuff. You know, you get the stress ball, whatever. So I went over there, and, well, hey, young man, have you ever thought about joining the, the military? I think it was a Navy recruiter. I was like, nah, that ain't for me. Thanks for the Frisbee. And I turned around and walked away, and immediately, I had a check in my spirits. I was like, oh, Lord, are you serious? And I knew it. Like, right then, I knew it. So I went back to Brenda, and she, she made me cry. Like it was, a, I went back to Brenda, and I was like, Holy Spirit just told me I need to join the military and become a chaplain. And she said, Chad, I will follow you wherever you go. And I was just like, oh, my wow. gosh, this is so bad. I got the best woman in the world. Like, no other, man, none of my other girlfriends would have said that. So I'm so grateful for Brenda. She said, I will follow you wherever you go. So, of course, I went to the, to the Navy first off, and I was like, ah, Navy's not for me. Forget about it. So I went to the Army and enlisted nine years. I said, hey, I want to be a chaplain. Let me know what I got to do. They gave me the big rocks. So I was like, okay, I got the ordination. I got the, the, this. The only thing I needed was my seminary done. So joined the Army. Used my tuition assistance, got the seminary done despite two deployments to Iraq, despite two, no, three moves, two moves, sorry, two moves, got it done, and then started the process of becoming a chaplain. It took me until year nine. I got everything done by year five. And it took me until year nine that they finally accepted me, and I was a chaplain assistant. I thought it was going to be an easy process, but it wasn't. So, 2017, 2016, I get word, Sergeant Booth, you're going to be a chaplain. Like, oh my gosh, man, thank you so much. So I know about listening to the voice of God. So if you're out there and you don't know what that voice is or how you that, that sense, that feeling, that gut feeling, that, oh my gosh, I know this is the voice of God, you need to challenge our Heavenly Father. Say, I need to know your voice. Dad, I need to know your voice. When we're at the beach and I call for my boys, they know it's me calling them. When I'm downstairs and I whisper to Brenda, hey, can you make some cookies tonight? They know my voice. And even though I whispered to my wife, hey, make some cookies tonight, please. They know my voice and they come running down, please, mom, make your cookies. Because my children know my voice. So if you don't know the voice of God, you need to. Be sensitive, Lord. And, and be honest. Like, hey, listen, prove to me. I need you to prove to me. I'm going to lay out the fleece out and make the fleece wet and the, and, the, and the ground dry or vice versa. Do that. I
1: don't care. Do whatever you want. Like, challenge the Lord and watch mm-hmm. him prove himself faithful. I think one thing that's important that I didn't mention before is that third part that makes you know that it's most likely from God is it's usually, as you described twice, something you don't want to do. It puts you in a position that's uncomfortable, where you have to grow to be comfortable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Even with the the COVID vaccine. Ask them, nope, don't take, don't take any of them. And I said, okay, why did you say any of them? I don't care. You won't take any of them. I said, okay, fair enough. So I put in my accommodation, said none of them. I can't take any of them. God told me not to take any of them. I said, fair enough. So when they came out with the whole Novavax option, like, hey, are you going to take this? Uh, no fetal cells were used. Let's use the belt of truth, shall we? Uh, but at the end of the day, I was like, no, God told me take none of them. So that's what I knew the voice of God. And I had the, the the I was grateful that he made me stand in this uncomfortable time. Because I did go back to him. Lord, are you sure? Like this could be so easy. I could just take it. You can you can cure me from anything, any of the side effects, you can cure me. Like I just became a chaplain almost six years ago. No, in January will be six years. I just became a chaplain. I mean, can, can I not just throw in my career because of this? Nope. You're going to stand on this. Ah, okay. So it was, it was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable talking to my boss about this. Because when people start saying, God told me, they get this glaze over their eye. And they're like, what do you mean God told you? Well, I have this thing called a relationship with Jesus. And as a chaplain, I train people on how to have good relationships with their loved ones, and it has something to do with communication. So if you're not communicating, if I'm always talking to Brenda and not shutting my mouth and listening to her, not much of a communicator. Same thing goes with our Heavenly Father. He wants to communicate with us. He wants to communicate with you. But we just have to learn to be quiet because when we get quiet and when we start not fidgeting our minds start to wonder oh the bills are coming up oh we have this coming up and you start to worry no quieten make your mind quiet and then listen to god and when you're because your mind will wander, your mind will start thinking about whatever it thinks about and you're going to have to take your thoughts captive and say no I'm going to wait, and I'm not going to think about these things. I'm simply going to listen to my Heavenly Father.
1: What about the listener that may have stumbled, may have fallen, may have not listened to that voice? Yeah.
0: There's, oh, do you see my hands right here? Got a nice little callus right there. Because I do the rower a lot. And the more I use the rower, the more callus I have on my hands. You can see them right there. I have an opportunity to rip these callus off, and my skin will be very, very sensitive and it will hurt. It, it, but sometimes when we don't listen to the voice of God, we put that callus over our heart. So next time it's going to be harder to listen. So when you come to the knowledge, hey, I, I have fallen away from you, Father. I, I have closed off my life to you so much that I need you to rip the callus off. No, there are, very, there are two very, very dangerous prayers. That's one of them. And the other prayer that is very dangerous is a prayer for patience. If you pray for patience, you better know that you have bad times coming for you a lot. So, Lord, take my callous heart and make it soft again. And you will, but it's going to be very hard. It's going to hurt because for you to get back to that right relationship, for you to have a heart, a life that is malleable in the hands of our awesome, awesome creator, callousness has got hard hardness has got to be gone. So asking forgiveness, Jesus, forgive me. And then immediately your sin is removed as far as the East is from the West. And that's how good our God is. That's how we put on this armor of God. Every That's how we do spiritual warfare. We, we simply, Lord, when I have thoughts of, of whatever you're struggling with, thoughts of salvation. Like, I'm not saved. I do this. I, I'm so bad. I'm still doing it. I'm still living this way. Lord, I, I doubt my salvation. Then, Lord, help me to know that your salvation is not living. Like, when I, when I sin, I do believe that people can lose their salvation. People can choose to love Jesus. People can choose to push him out of their life. That's, that's my belief. But at the same time, when you walk in a rel- right relationship with Jesus— He's always going to be there for you. Even when we are faithless, He is faithful. And and I love that part. I love that God does that for us. So real quick, I know we're coming up to the end, but the sword of the Spirit. I, I have really just one analogy for the sword of the Spirit, and that's how are you using your weapon? The weapons that God gave you. How are you using them? Because the sword of the spirit, like, do you have a ninja sword? Do you have a samurai sword? Do you have a big old claymore? Because I don't know about you, but we're probably a little bit different. The Lord uses me like a blunt instrument, says, Hey, look at this nice little lake. Let's make it, let's mix it with. And then he throws me in, and then it's just, it's chaos. And it's like, All right, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm ready. That's how the Lord uses me. But there are times in my life where I want to encourage the listener. You need to learn to use a sword of the Spirit. So don't just be like this, like you have a shotgun, a 12-gauge shotgun, where, you know, when when the enemy comes to me, I'm like, well, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I tell my soldiers that I'm a spiritual sniper. So when I have certain things come to me, like you're a failure as a father, how am I going to combat that with a specific verse? When I have filthy thoughts come into my mind, how am I going to use the Word of God? Oh, that's right. I'm to think on things that are righteous, noble, things that are praiseworthy, things that are pure. Like that's the type of you need to know the Word of God so you can use your sword of the spirit appropriately. So when Satan comes to you, when demons come to you and and tempta- when, when you fall into temptation, you can use your sword of the spirit appropriately
1: in your arena. Does that make sense? Precisely. And I think an important thing everyone must remember too is, who is it, the centurion that said, I can't remember, it was someone who came up to Jesus and said, give me faith in my unbelief. You can pray for faith. If you're having a tough time with faith, pray for faith. Absolutely. It's
0: just like wisdom. Like, Lord, give us wisdom. Give us clarity of thought. That's my nightly prayer, which brings me to my final point. There are timed battles out there. And really two things. You need to have an established quiet time before the Lord. And if it's different each week, Okay, got it. I know some schedules are chaotic. You need to have an established time to where you tell your loved ones, hey, I'm getting alone with God, and I'm going to spend 5, 10, 20, 30, however long I'm going to spend some time with our Heavenly Father. You need that. And then that will prepare you for specific, and I would call them timed battles. I would call Halloween would be a timed battle. There was a time where we don't celebrate Halloween anymore, like at all. Like, it's, it's evil. Why would I celebrate that? Why would I dress my kids up as a demon or a ghost? Like, no, that, that, that doesn't res- resonate with me, you know? So Halloween, we literally, my whole family, and, and I got two boys, a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old, we worship the Lord in, in our living room we worship the Lord, and we made not, not prayers but declarations that the enemy will not influence this house. That the enemy will protect our street. That the that the enemy, sorry, that our heavenly Father will protect our streets and that the enemy will not come on this street whatsoever. And we stood, and we there was no ambulances that night. All was peaceful. I'm about to say that all was calm, all was peaceful, all was calm. No, I ain't going to sing the song. You don't want to hear that. But we did that. Those were timed battles. So take the opportunity. Take what God has given you and, and, and fight and do your due diligence. Stand up for your beliefs. Stand up for what is right. Stand against evil. Stand against all the corruption. Stand against it.
1: Yeah, growing up, I went to this private school, Lutheran private school, and we always have Reformation Day celebrations on October 31st.
0: Fair enough. Yes, right on. Oh, my goodness. I know spiritual warfare, to your listener, it might seem way too out there. Well, you know what, Chad, I'm going to leave that spiritual warfare stuff to the pastors. I'm going to leave it to, you know, the, the clergymen out there. I'm going to leave it to the you chaplains because you're the professionals, right? Are you kidding me? Do you think so little of yourself where the Word of God says that you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God to declare his praises, who called you out of darkness to declare his marvelous light? Like you are that royal priesthood. And if you're out there thinking, hey, I'm going to be good to go because I go to church on Sunday and I'm going to listen to the pastor and he's going to feed me. And then I'm going to get home and and live six days. And I may probably forget what what he or she taught on anyway. Like if you're that way, then you're probably not a strong Christian. I mean, you know about if you eat strong food, go ahead, finish that phrase. If you eat strong food, what happens? You get strong. You eat weak food, you get weak. You you get strong. I love that. And I love your, I love it, man. I love it, man. You eat strong food, you get strong. But if you're eating strong, even if your pastor is phenomenal and he's giving you the meat of the word and you're like, "Mm, yeah, this is great. If you're you're fasting for the next six days— I would hate to see your spiritual body. Try that with your physical body and see how great you look. Like, just, just eat one meal, just one meal, and then don't eat anything for the rest of the week and see how long you can last. Like, nobody wants that, you know? So don't... Don't give in to the temptation that. Well, oh, you know what? I go to church and I give my tithe and I give and I'm I'm generous and I'm a good person. And eh. you need to dig into the Word of God. You need to pray. You need to tra- train your children, because if you let all if you let your children just be trained by a children's pastor, it won't be good enough at all. Like, my children, oh my gosh, they are warriors. Like, they ain't no soil boys. I can tell you that right now. The testosterone levels are crazy up in this house. Like, crazy. And, and my wife, God bless her, she's like, I'm, I'm done. This testosterone is a little bit too much today. I'm done. I'm stepping away. I, I got it, honey. <laughs> but I tell you what, they are strong in the faith also they know that Jesus loves them. They they don't have to doubt their salvation. They don't have to doubt where their righteousness comes from. They don't have to doubt that they have the the, the the guts, the intestinal fortitude to stand up for the truth. They are ready to tell the gospel to their friends. They are ready to move with the shield of faith and say, you know what? Yeah, you can attack me, but guess what? It's going to be quenched because you will not defeat me because I'm more than an overcomer and wait because I got the sword of the spirit right here so as soon as I as soon as your flaming arrows get quenched guess what sword of spirit I'm going on assault and you're done and at the name of Jesus Satan will flee you're done like there, there's no well I'm thinking about leaving no the sword of the spirit is sharper than any two-edged sword and when you start using it appropriately Nothing can stand in your way. You are that unquenchable, unconquerable foe that that Satan keeps sending people to, saying, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess him up. I'm gonna get him with this. I'm gonna get him with this beautiful woman, and I'm gonna cause him to have lustful thoughts against her." Nope, ain't happening. Boom, show of faith, sword of the spirit. That's how it's supposed to roll. And and when you instill that, when you train your children. When they grow old, they won't have to deal with so many people, what they deal with today. Like they're so sad that, oh, well, you know, I'm just so depressed and I'm so sad, like I'm an accident and and there's really nothing worth living for. Like, oh my gosh, like God has so much more for your life. God has a plan for you, has a destiny for you. And is it going to be hard? Most likely. Is it going to be rewarding? Absolutely. Is it gonna be hard for you and your family? Probably. Is your family gonna be stronger and more unified together? So you don't, so you're not dealing with domestic violence, so you're not dealing with thoughts thoughts of suicide, so you're not dealing with depression, even though, like, even I deal with depression. Like, it's hard, I got it. But through the sword of the spirit, it's gonna be conquered, and it continues to be conquered you listeners out there spiritual warfare happens every day open your eyes and use the weapons that god has given you so that you can fight the battles that are coming your way so if you fight the battles that are in your arena right now then the battles that the lord has for you in the future you will be so much more rewarded you will be rewarded beyond comparison because when you Finish the end of your fight. You're going to stand before God, the Creator. And I prayed, I just, I hope that he says these words to you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into eternity with me, or depart from me. I never knew you. You didn't want anything to do with me on earth. So why would I punish you being with me for eternity? you get separated from my presence and yes this is a literal hell but he doesn't send people there he gives you what you want if you want to spend time with jesus here on earth he's going to accept you and if you don't want anything to do with jesus during this life he's going to give you what you want
1: amen i think that's a perfect place to stop thank you so much Chaplain chad
0: Oh, you're welcome. That was very fun. Thank you for letting me rant a little bit. Yeah.
1: God bless you. I recently got a new affiliate. It's Harvest Right Freeze Dryer. I've been using them since 2016. It's a great way to preserve food for long periods of time, up to 25 years if stored properly. Please take a look at it, use the link below. Thank you.